0: Is there anything about the Jazz or the NBA you took away from that? Good grief. Oh, Charlie. (laughs) I'll take that as a no. (laughs) You saw it all coming.
1: Is there anything that I can take away from what Joe Ingles is saying?
0: Or Bowler before that. Anything they added, their perspective on the team. I mean, I think jazz, the Jazz fam, fan base is trying to figure out this team to what we were going back to and talking about earlier in the show, which we can hit here in the next segment, about, you know, how good are they? I and mean, we know they're good enough to clean up on the bottom third of the league. Yeah, maybe even the middle third of the league. But what's going to happen when they play the top third of the league? And as Bowler you know, laid out for us, it's like Denver and Dallas and Houston. I mean, they got a lot of games of you know, those three clubs coming sure. up.
1: I think that uh, the one thing that I took from Joe – it was in passing, he said, and I don't even remember the context, blah, blah, blah. When Mike gets back, blah, 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 blah. Like it is just assumed when Conley gets back that he'll fit in. It's like the rest of us are oh my gosh, what's gonna happen when Conley gets back? Things are going so well, man, we don't want it to just stop now. Yeah, right And we're nervous about it. And I and I admit, I have a degree I'm not I'm not the full Lifelong fan here, but I have a degree of nervousness. As me, me, it's more the percentages are stronger on the r- intrigue factor. But I like how Joe he basically just glossed over it. Blah blah. blah. When Joe, get, when Mike gets back, blah, 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 blah. like okay, when Mike gets back, yeah, he's gonna fit right in, and we're just gonna keep going, and we're gonna play well, and blah 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 blah. And so it didn't seem like it was any concern to Joe. And I think Joe, as Joe's the older statesman of the team now, mm-hmm. because him and Rudy, he and Rudy have been here this whole time, Well, Joe is older. Joe is several years older than Rudy, right? Right. And
0: so... Yeah, Rudy's not in his 30s yet. Joe is. No,
1: not even close. Yeah. So Joe is the statesman. Uh, he speaks for the team, in a sense, now, uh, in in that way, when it comes to like big-picture type of uh, storylines. And... I like the fact that he didn't even hesitate. Well, we'll have to see, you know. No, it wasn't that at all. He has complete confidence that when Mike gets back, here's what's gonna happen and we'll just do this and this. Because he certainly knows the character of these guys and the makeup of these guys, the personalities, far, far more than we do. Yeah. We just we get it on surface, you know, interviews here and there and they we get a little a bit. A
0: lot more time together.
1: And we we and, get privy to some info that we've heard and and mm-hmm. whatnot, and we share some of it, and others it just it's not appropriate. But I like how he basically just is assuming on his knowledge that. Conley's going to come back, and he's going to fit right in, and they're going to keep going and blah, blah, blah. And so if he feels that way, then I certainly feel a lot better about it.
0: Uh, Spencer Nelson, the former Utah State player who played abroad and is now back here living in Utah, I was talking with him about that, and he said he totally identifies with Conley because of the way he bounced around in Europe from club to club, and then he stayed somewhere three years. And just the process, you know, by the third year, it was he had his best year All the stats were awesome. And then he moved the next year, and the stats all went down. He said, but it was a different coach. It was a different system. It was different teammates. He didn't know when he was going to get the ball and where. And he said, even though we all got tired of talking about it, based on his playing experience, he just thinks that's the biggest thing with Conley, that those first 20 games, now he's kind of missing out here on – he hasn't missed 20 games, I don't think, but he's missed a big chunk of games. He said he's going to be better the second a half of the season than he was the first. and he's going to, He should be better the second year than he was the first year in Utah. Yeah, and he's basically it's, getting extended film work right mm-hmm. now because he's sitting
1: there paying attention, watching the games, and I think that knowing what we know of him, it's not just a waste of time, that it's actually, he's trying to make it productive. Okay, can't be out there on the floor right now, but... I can be studying these guys and find out what they want, what they need, what they do, and this and What works and what doesn't work. Because he really didn't have that much of a time. And, And you get in the NBA, it's like your third practice, the fourth practice, you're playing a game. And then it's a slew of games until the spring.
0: Yeah, and also um, it would be natural to press a little bit, you know, a new situation. And hey, I got to oh, prove, for it. Sure. and that this winning streak while he's sitting is probably reassuring him that I don't have to do anything ordinary. I just have to go play. You know, the team around him has gotten better, and that is a factor also. And so well, he I think, doesn't need to come in and save anything. No, he doesn't. No. Just come in and take the easy open shots when you get the layup or you get a wide open three. You know, Shoot your free throws or whatever. Play some defense and move the ball and it'll all be fine. You'll, you'll win a bunch of games. That's
1: the way I'm anticipating. And that's yeah. what I think is going to happen. And it'll be a smooth rather than a rougher transition into the lineup. It's and obviously I, what I
0: hope. I think for all the good things that multiple young players have done on this team. What he's got that a lot of guys don't have is all that playoff experience. He's been in so many playoff series. And granted, the Grizzlies didn't win a lot of them, but they won some of them, and that ought to pay off when we get to April and May. All right, DJ and PK, uh, recapping everything you missed in the show. We will get to that coming up. Stay with us. 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And now, attention. Top of the wire on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz make it seven straight wins and 12 out of 13. They beat the Knicks 128-104. Emmanuel Moutier, Bojan Bogdanovic with 20 points apiece. Jazz are off today. They play the Charlotte Hornets tomorrow at 7 o'clock and then head out on the road for three more road games. Elsewhere in the NBA last night, Rockets beat the Hawks 122-115 and Denver beat Dallas 107-106. Nikola Jokic with the Bucket late in the game that turned out to be the game winner. Tonight in the NBA, Celtics and Sixers at 5 o'clock on TNT, followed by the Rockets and Thunder at 7.30. BYU and St. Mary's play at 9 o'clock in Moraga. Big game in the West Coast Conference. That one's on ESPN2. St. Mary's 14-3. BYU is 12-4. Northern Colorado at Weber State. Tonight, 7 o'clock in the Purple Palace. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Ken Garf Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Buy your next car at Ken Garf West Valley Used Cars, now with more than 600 used vehicles in stock. They've got Utah's lowest, largest, pre-owned inventory in one location. Stop by and see them today. Big, big, show. big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready?
1: You guys ready?
0: Emmanuel Moutier explained the background of why he started holding up the two fingers. Yeah. When Rudy makes a big play, talking about two time, it's great. That's kind of cool. I kind of like the two. He's being a really good teammate. He's showing how much he cares, you know? So, Austin, if every time Jake walked into the studio and we were to have some sort of hand gesture... What about this one? (laughs) You're number one, Jake. Does this sign mean anything? I don't know. Wait, I got a few more. Nope. How about the I love you sign? (laughs) That's nice of you, Austin. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Catch the Big Show. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Jazz run a play for Gobert. It's not there, so he kicks to the corner to Bogdanovich for a three. That's awesome. They jazz run that play for Rudy Gobert to get a slicing layup. You've all seen it. Instead, Gobert didn't have it, so he wrapped the pass around to Bogdanovich for a corner three.
0: I think guys just coming together, playing together, and doing great. Um, everybody's kind of getting comfortable with each other, and defensively, we're you know we're locking in. I think during crunch time, we're we're more focused
1: than you know than ever before, and you know everybody's everybody's making big big plays when needed.
0: There's Emmanuel Moutier, David Locke on the call. The Jazz route the Knicks. The Knicks are shorthanded and back-to-back and lost by 30 in L.A. the night before. And the Jazz should have, you love the expression, jump on them early. And they did. They were 10 after a quarter and it was over by halftime. All that was left to determine was the final margin, PK. True. So, that brings us to the question, are the Jazz the Utes? Debated that for a while this morning got a lot of people on Twitter and Facebook. We'll get to some of your responses coming up in the next segment. The Utes beat some bad teams. They beat some mediocre teams. But when faced with really good teams at the end of the year, they couldn't get it done. Are the Jazz trending in the same direction? There are plenty of people saying they've already beaten the Clippers twice and the Bucks once. The Clippers are without Kawhi, but yeah. Um. They are not acknowledging that, although you're right.
1: Now the clip, the second Clipper win is a great win. Just like Utah's Washington win was a great win in Seattle, in Los Angeles. Same type of deal. I don't know that the ending is going to be one way or the other. I just have, uh, I don't know. I, I anticipate the Jazz being a contender. But I also anticipated, anticipated the Utes being a contender. I anticipated, in fact, I picked them to win both of those games that
0: they lost. <laughs> and the fact is, they didn't lose them; they got blown out.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know
0: what we would have been saying about them if they lost. But the fact that they didn't really compete in each other, in either game—that they didn't give them a chance—they didn't really have a chance to win either game in the second half.
1: Not much. No, they did cut it to eight in the bowl game or the uh, the conference title, title game. But then, just as quick as that was, they, they went right up. Yeah, so it wasn't very it wasn't very competitive. Obviously. Uh, That was this big surprise. Right now, I think it's a fair comparison. It's like, well, let's just have a wait-and-see approach a little bit on the Jazz because they have been, and to their credit, they have been beating a bunch of average to below-average teams, which I think there's something to be said for that in this league because everybody plays everybody. In college, schedules can be wildly different. You look at Texas and all their losses, save TCU, were against top-flight competition, and so maybe they were underrated. They added more losses because of the competition. Well, you, you, when it's said and done in the NBA, you really can't say that. You know, you may have a tough stretch. You may have an easy stretch. But in the end, everyone's going to have the same stretch of the, the teams around you. And so, how is that going to play out? I'm, I'm anticipating. I'm looking forward to it. I actually like that. Give me something to look forward to in the in the doldrums of winter. Give me that Denver game. When's that Denver game? Do you, you know what it is? I'm, I'm very much looking forward to uh, that game. Denver,
0: I don't know. The, the Pacers on the 20th are the next game against a team that can be considered yeah. you know top they're, third they're, of the they're league, they're maybe. The Pacers are okay. I don't know that yeah. I would consider them top third. Uh, well, they <laughs> certainly worked the Jazz in Indiana, so they I think did. that adds some to they it. They did. Um, and then after they play the Pacers on the twentieth, those games start coming fast and furious. You know, Good. it's there's a stretch of. It's not that there aren't some. Well, when do uh, they play teams, Denver, answer my question. I'm looking for it. I was stalling. Give me a break. Oh, I had to click, click, click. All right, so the uh, Denver game. There's two real close together. Uh, they're in Denver on January thirtieth. And then they're, almost a week later, they're back here in Salt Lake on Wednesday, February 5th.
1: Well, I'm very much looking to both forward to both of those games. There's
0: a couple of Dallas games for everybody who wants to oh, see Luka Doncic. Oh, no question about that. January 25th, and again on February 10th, right before the All-Star Looking break. forward to both of those games, yeah. yeah. So a couple of Denver, a couple of Dallas. Oh, two Houston games as well in that same, again, January and early February.
1: Well, I'm the broken record. I'm looking forward to those games. <laughs> That's <laughs> why I don't really, sh- I don't stress about scheduling because it all flushes out. And in the colleges, it doesn't necessarily flush out.
0: Texas played three top ten teams, and yeah. the Utes played one. Right. So one team's 11-2, and two, and one 7-5. And and well, if you flip records, though, or if you flip schedules. schedules.
1: Exactly. You
0: know, the Utes would have lost to the and three top ten I don't think you can teams.
1: do that at the pro level.
0: Uh, the only thing that varies at the pro level, because you play everybody in other conference home and home, and then in your own conference, you play some teams three times and some four.
1: Yeah, but the teams around you are doing the exact same thing. Exactly.
0: Right. So there is a small minute difference in schedule. You know somebody might play the Lakers a fourth time and a mother, another might only play them three, but there's not. Yeah, a big but difference.
1: then they'll play somebody else a fourth time and you'll play Phoenix yep. or th- three times or vice versa, whatever it might be. And so it'll all flush out. And I anticipate each game, certainly, especially now that we're in the winter, you know, I got a, don't really have a whole lot of going on at that time, and and everything revolves around the jazz game. And when they play the better teams, absolutely, I'll be more jacked. It, and I won't go crazy on any of that because unless you lose
0: all of them. What if you win all of them?
1: I can't go crazy either on that.
0: But you can go crazy if they lose them all. Yes. Because they won't bounce back in the playoffs. Whereas if they win them all, they could still mess up in the playoffs.
1: And you might not even play those teams that you just won them all. Right. Like I'm just talking about between now and the break. The teams that you just mentioned. You mentioned Denver, Houston. Dallas, Houston. Yeah.
0: They have home and home with each of the and three. S-
1: you, may not, you, you may
0: not even play them. You may win all those games. Uh, you could, yeah, you could end up playing Oklahoma City. Or right. the Lakers or the Clippers. Yep. Yeah. And so
1: you may not even get the chance. But if you lose all of them... But that's me. I'm more of a doomsdayer than go crazy on the other side. But I don't. Uh, certainly, they're not going to lose all of
0: them, so it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Right. Neither one of those things is going to happen. Right. they are going to win them all or lose them all. Right. Although, uh, certainly, if they win them all, I would be <laughs> way more <laughs> excited. Out of control. <laughs> and, yeah. If, if you
1: beat those three teams, six, if you're six and all oh against those three teams that you just mentioned, because they're direct competitors. And you're saddling them with a loss, and you're getting a win, so it's a little bit of a two-game swing there. And you go into the all-star break in second se- in the second seed, three games ahead of everybody else and only two games behind the Lakers. Oh, start spreading the news. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. Sing it, Frank.
1: That's just absolutely awesome. Yeah, no question about it, man. That's a great scenario. I hope it happens, very much so.
0: Well, the Jazz right now, fifth place, 25-12. and They've won seven in a row and 12 out of 13. Just crushing it right now. 13 out of 15, as you pointed out earlier.
1: It's only the regular season, so you can't go nuts because you don't know who's in, who's out, any given game and all that stuff. But I am anticipating these next five weeks of basketball as well as I've anticipated or as much as I've anticipated any five-week stretch in a regular season since I've been in this community.
0: So you are, are you anticipating that there are going to be five 55-win teams in the West?
1: I could see it. I haven't thought about it, but I could see it. I think there's a lot of talent. And the great thing about it is the talent is, to a degree, not completely, but to a degree it's evenly distributed. So you take – let's just compare the Lakers to the Jazz. They don't have the Jazz don't have the top end talent, but if I stretch it out to six, seven, eight, I'm taking the Jazz in those other positions all the way.
0: Right, but playoff series are often depend depend on those top two players. Okay, but the, you didn't use
1: the word often. You didn't say always. No, it's not always. Right, it's, it's so that absolutely gives me hope.
0: Not, it's not. It's absolutely not always. It's just often they get the ball into the hands of those top two players again and again and again and again. I
1: understand that. Lakers don't have a Bogdanovich.
0: No, the Jazz, you're right. I mean, there, there are Laker fans, including Larry the Laker, who are sweating Kuzma right now. Not
1: playing well. they <laughs> not. Talking about being
0: traded. Right. Yeah, yeah. They, they are sweating it. Yeah. You know, is it the right thing to do? Is he just going through a little stretch? He's going to come out the other side. Um, he's not all that, you know, that obsessing.
1: With his youth on his side, I'd be cautious to get rid of him. Uh, and I'd be cautious to take Bogdanovich over Kuzma because of the age difference. But for this year, right now, I take Bob Bogdanovich every time.
0: Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, we have also talked about Mike Conley. How does it work when he comes back into the lineup? Uh, and you pointed out when Joe talked about it, he didn't even dwell on it. It wasn't a thought. Just right through it. Uh, and they spend more time together and they have played more together. When we were over there at shoot around yesterday, Emmanuel Mudiay was talking about um it's not just the season, you know, they started playing in the OTAs, you know, back in September. And uh and he actually had a couple funny stories about, you know, <laughs> driving the hoop and then Rudy showed up. <laughs> I guess Rudy came in a couple days later. Different deal. But Joe's got confidence in Mike going back to all of that they're going to need his playoff experience. If this is going to go the way Jazz fans hope it's going to go, they're going to need that. So they got to figure it out. Now, does he come right back and start? Does he come back and play big minutes? Uh, you know, Bowler was talking about, even when he comes back, he's going to be on minutes restriction. So it'll be a little time to kind of figure it out and let him ease in.
1: If he comes back and plays 80% of what he has shown in his NBA career, that's almost like a midseason acquisition.
0: Yes. And I wonder, you know, a lot of the stuff that went wrong early on, I've been talking about how it really limited Joe's effectiveness, in my opinion— and you know, what? Joe won't go into this. That when he went out with the bench unit with a couple of non scorers, it really impacted what he could do. Because such a big part of his game oh, is sure. passing. Yes. And the defense is like, well, go ahead and pass it to those guys. We want those guys to have the ball. We want you to have the ball. Well, how much? And so Joe's really benefited as they've ch- A, changed the roster, and B, changed who he's been on the quarterback. Well, oh, he's
1: talked about that. He said that big French guy
0: <laughs> led the league in dunks. Yeah, right. Cause you were, yeah, you were asking about how when you, you're coming up the you know the side of the floor there. Seems a little more Red Sea-ish now than it has at because any point since one, it's been on the one team. One guy's glued to Gobert, because if you have even a step of separation, you could be beaten. And one guy's glued to Bogdanovich, yeah, it starts to open up the floor.
1: And so that gives him the opportunity to lay it. It seems like he's had way more left-handed little easy The little show-and-go where he shows the ball like he's going to pass it. And And then all of a sudden he's got like a three feet of space where he can just go another couple feet and it's just like a layup
0: drill. And so is is Conley going to come back to a totally different situation because of who he's on the floor with and nobody wants to leave Clarkson and nobody wants to leave Bogdanovich and nobody's leaving Gobert and suddenly the floor is wide open. And I know there's a lot of angst over that, but I'm not sure there should be. And I get why there is. We've all sat here and watched a lot of jazz games with different players and different combinations over the years, but these guys aren't those guys. Uh -uh. And they've never had this many shooters. And we've seen a lot of teams. Do they have too many shooters? (laughs) I see what you're doing there. At first I thought, oh, that's a serious. No, it's not. He wants music. Shooters. Shooters. Too many shooters. Too many shots. Not enough shots to go around for all the shooters. 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 Too many shooters. Too many shots. Not enough shots to go around for all the shooters. Not enough shots to go around for all the shooters.
1: Produced by Johnny Lightfoot of uh, Air Supply. Watching the game, my wife. Uh, we don't normally watch a lot of jazz
0: regular season games, but you do. But she doesn't often watch with you.
1: No, but we have this last week to to try to be together a little bit more, and uh, so I was talking to her about that, and and she can speak. I am really like uh, uh, O'Neal's
0: guttiness. Bogdanovich, man, he's my favorite player. I love his emotion. For you know? People for don't, people that don't know, Mrs. K's is a jock. Yeah, and she's coached yeah. multiple sports at the high school level, so.
1: So she can, yeah. she can walk to walk a little bit. And so I said, yeah, they got a lot of shooters. And she said, yeah, I understand that DJ cut a song about that. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: was about the Celtics a couple of years ago, and it didn't work for them. Although, you know, there are interesting things that happen. Even late in that blowout, and they had a lot of bench guys in and uh, Niang missed a three, and the ball got tapped back out to him, and he was about to line up another one. He was wide open on the left side, but he saw Justin Wright Foreman. He doesn't, hasn't gotten to play a lot, and he saw him at the top of the key for an open three and just threw him the ball. Did he make it? He did. Oh, sweet. I think he did. I thought the pass was more important whether the shot went in or not. It's kind of like I, you totally could have taken that shot. You were wide open. But picking up a team and letting him have an open shot. So apparently there are enough shots to go around for all the shooters if you get enough offensive rebounds. Okay, but how about with Conley coming back? Yeah, we'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, I, you know, I think it, shots, but it does. I don't know if, it, if all that works, and I know you want to play the song again. I don't know if all that works with minutes. I don't think it'll be shots. It might be more of a problem with the playing time to even get on the floor.
1: Too many players, not enough minutes. <laughs> See, it doesn't work. It doesn't. <laughs> Too many
0: guys, not it enough minutes. It doesn't roll off the tongue in the same way. All right, DJMPK, it's 97.5 at 1280. That's a lot of stuff we've been talking about in this show. And it is brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at lhmdeals.com. And it's all over, almost here. Don't go nowhere. Time for your feedback, and it is brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. What have you got to say about today's show? We're getting tons of stuff coming in. Uh, Are the Jazz the Utes? And Doug tweets at us, wait, did Quinn Snyder leave a voicemail on Mike D'Antoni's phone when he knew the Rockets were in practice, canceling a return game in Houston because James Harden and company are too salty? Talking Utes football, not basketball. (laughs) Yeah, I see what you did there. That isn't what we were going for. Uh, Robert speaks for a lot of Jazz fans, I hope not, followed by three exclamation points.
1: Uh yeah like ninety nine 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 actually a hundred percent. I'm gonna go over.
0: Kyle Kyle says uh in the answer, answering the question, are the Utes the Jazz? No, because they've already actually beaten a good team.
1: Yeah, I think the Utes beat Washington was a good win.
0: They finished eight and five? They did. And they went up there and won at Washington? Yeah. Especially being down fourteen to three. That was a nice win. And the Jazz are three and four against teams that look like their Western Conference playoff teams. We have counted up in the break. Zero oh, and two against the Lakers, and you want to put an asterisk on one of those. Bogey didn't play that that uh, first one. Yeah, he got yeah. hurt. Two and one against the Clippers. Although you got to put an asterisk on one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kawhi didn't play in one of the wins. Correct.
1: And the Clipper wins their best win of the season. There's no question about it.
0: One and one against the Thunder, but both teams are evolving. Very quickly from those two. Thunder's
1: a decent. I always thought they had decent
0: players and was going to be a decent team. Uh, I, I think they've been better than decent lately. they have in fifteen and five over twenty games. That's a that's yeah, a I good know, stretch. You don't, that's lately. Yep. I look at you don't go lately. You can go whatever their record is. Yeah, but if you run into them in the playoffs, and granted they may not, but if you do, you know the fact that they struggle in the first twenty games with so many new guys isn't a real good measure of how good they are when you got to play them in the postseason. I, I mean, I'm not gonna break down the Thunder. I'll let you do that. The Jazz are a professional basketball team, while the Utes are a collegiate football team. I, no I thought idea. you knew this. Being a literalist, mean funny. I'm
1: laughing hysterically.
0: <laughs> uh, let's see, we got more people weighing in here on our uh, Facebook page. Uh, are the Jazz the Utes? And we've got... Uh, of course, now the computer glitches. Awesome! Come on, computer, in the clutch, deliver. Here we go. Uh, Tanner says, no, otherwise I would hate them. <laughs> okay. That's decent, I like that. Terry says, this is apples and kiwis. Kumquats. He says also, Moody, it looks like a totally different player from the beginning of the season.
1: Mm. I to me, he doesn't. He's doing what he can do. I but, think the Jazz are putting him in a si- situation to utilize his skills the best.
0: Uh, this is ridiculous, Chris says. No, they aren't the Utes. Jazz have actually played great teams up to this point, and they beat them, and they got wins over the Bucks and Clippers. Yep, those are the two big two we point mm, to. There they are. Circle those. Uh, and then there's the guys you say are con- you know comics. You love the comics. Paul, no, the ball is round, not oval.
1: Yeah, I mean, his wife thinks Paul's funny. I agree.
0: Uh, ben says the Jazz wish they were the Utes. Really? I don't know about that. Uh, Tad with the uh, please don't ruin the Jazz for me. Well, we won't. In fact, we pump them up. We are the biggest
1: athletic supporters of the Jazz.
0: Scott says it's different. The Jazz don't tell us how great they are. They're always telling us what they need to improve on.
1: The Utes were telling us how great they were?
0: No, I don't think they were.
1: Uh, I'm trying to think. I can't recall. No. I think it's different in that in the post with A, it's professional, B, it's college, and you have so many games at the NBA level, there's no sense going nuts over any of them. Where in football, you play so few, and you only play six, maybe seven home games, and you got more family at the home games, so there's more celebration each time you win. So it just sounds bigger because they're college kids, they're playing at home, and they don't have that many games. So celebrate. And college is a time of awakening in that when you get to be a junior and senior, you think, oh, my gosh, this thing is almost over. (laughs) And I've been doing this thing since seven.
0: David says... David says no because uh, the QB, the team leader, has learned how to make the right play rather than what he's just taking what he's comfortable with. I said the Utes would go as far as Huntley could take them. The Jazz will go as far as Donnie and Rudy can take them. Uh, I agree with the second half of that, but I think the first half. I think with Huntley, I think the I think the problem was the offensive line didn't. They had no running game, and the quarterback had no time to throw. I thought the old line got beat soundly in the last two games. That's why the team football such a team game. You yeah. need everybody
1: and one guy is a weakness you're in trouble I mean, it's just the way it is i mean look at there was no accident that uh texas's first play was
0: a throw over the middle because they're missing all those guys in the second secondary right, yeah. you know what i mean yep and they weren't there are the jazzy utes and a utah man of I says i was just thinking this same thing and the great thing about it is we'll get to uh
1: we'll get to it we'll get to hash it we'll get to discuss it we'll be back tomorrow to discuss it tomorrow i mean we got we got a big topic we need to hit you know what
0: tomorrow is what is tomorrow 75 days till opening day <laughs> 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 i can't do percentages of the nba season but you get to do the countdown to opening day
1: yeah for, we're we're doing a baseball segment
0: 75 and in 75 <laughs> and in. 75 things you need to know about the upcoming season.
1: Yeah, didn't we do something like that on our college football? What did we do this summer? 60 and 60?
0: No, so we no, we hun- did. We did the 100-day countdown to the 100th playing. Yeah, 100, playing 100, 100, really yeah, 100 days. It was 100 days. Oh, and that to the seemed like it was game. like
1: five days, and yeah. didn't it?
0: Yeah. yeah, it flew by. Yeah, right.
1: we'll have to do that again. You two work on it. No.
0: DJ and PK, <laughs> this year it will be 101 days to the 101st. No, record. thank you. <laughs> DJ and PK, we're out of here. Tony and Oscar are up next. See you tomorrow.